Hello and welcome to Reanimated, everybody. This is episode 268 or 9, probably 8. I'm Stuart in California, uh, joining you one hour later or earlier. I can never really figure that one out uh, because of daylight savings time. The day after Halloween, what a perfect time for a podcast about zombies. And joining me is my co-host, AJ Conrad in New York. Hello. Hello, hello. Greetings and good day to you. Greetings. Um, you know, this daylight saving time thing, hmm, I'm never a big fan, so we'll see how I do in a week's time. It just always throws me off a lot, so yeah. apologies if I'm a little uh, out of it, but but I'm excited. I'm excited to talk with you about uh, the next two episodes of The Walking Dead, World Beyond, uh, which would be episodes three and four, The Tiger and the Lamp. Oh, sorry, The Tiger and the Lamp, <laughs> the not and the, the Lamp. lamp. I love lamp. Um, and the Ron end of a telescope. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about those. We had a very tiny smattering of news items, just not well, a There's friendly. a lot of news out there, but it's mostly garbage. But it's right, still it's, October, so they're still throwing everything at the wall. Right, right, right. And lots of listicles and things like that. However, um, before we, we get into that, just a quick update on the COVID stuff, which is that things are in an bleak. upward trend and it's looking pretty bleak as the winter's coming in. Um, we are looking for some you know, ways to be able to stay outside on our rooftop and still see our friends. So we've been exploring different options on that that don't involve some kind of fuel, uh, some sort of like lamp that will set our roof on fire, i.e., you know, maybe uh, electric blankets that are battery powered, maybe some some really intense snowboarding gear. We're not sure yet, but... Get one of those barrels and just put a fire in there, like, you know. Oh, yeah, that's that's a smart thing on a tar roof. So, mm-hmm. anyway, we're, we're, we're looking into those kinds of things, but we're still staying safe. It was, uh, yesterday was a beautiful Halloween day. I walked around the cemetery a bit, and it was still pretty cool, despite the, the sort of, uh, what I will call them, the, the, the sort of usual halloween crowd fair weather fair weather weather uh, cemetery cemetery walkers yeah (laughs) um but uh yeah that's so that's what's going on in the good news category though the neighborhoods that were the pretty bad hot spots even just a week ago apparently the restrictions have started to lower the cases so it does give the city some hope that instead of doing a full-on lockdown they might be able to do these sort of like specific areas here's my question for you aj is it more damaging to stay just on lockdown without having to go through these uh, like inevitable swings and and spikes or to keep bouncing off of covid-19 without a vaccine which we is like to me it's inevitable you're like okay yeah sure we'll do we'll do indoor dining and restaurants can open and bars and and then oh what whoops okay we're going to have to walk it back everybody cuz i feel like we've done this already Personally, as a country like okay, four so times one of the things that i have noted about all these things and i think that there are ways to do specific things safely the indoor dining, I personally don't think is safe. I won't do it. And a lot of my friends feel the same way. Again, this seems to be the number one scenario when people are getting it. It's not just the indoor dining. It's that, but it's a specific scenario where you're in a smaller enclosed space. You breathe. You have your masks off. You're breathing air of other people who you have no idea where they've been. And you're also eating. And so it's like a prolonged amount of time. Um, 
with other people in this small enclosed space. And I don't really care how much, how well they ventilated it. I don't think that that is going to work. I also think that, I don't know what you have going on out there, but out here, as it's gotten colder, the outdoor areas that they've set up, they're now putting like sheeting down and stuff to keep yeah, the so cold air out. So indoor. it's basically an indoor area. And I'm like, well, yeah. I won't be doing that either. I've seen um, this in Chicago, but here it's still been, other than once the sun goes down, it gets kind of chilly, but it's fine. You can manage. Right. But, you know, the one, I have seen a couple of restaurants that I do think are doing things well. And what they have done is they do have the, um, you know, the tall powered heating lamps and things like that. And no, they aren't putting anything up because they're like, no, the important thing is to keep the air circulating, which is correct. Um, but again, I personally think that, and it, it's terrible. It's terrible for these businesses. I, my heart goes out to them because I do, I, I get it. Like I get that they're just trying to survive, but b- basically I agree with you. I think that they should really just shut down the stuff. I mean, the, the places where people are getting ill are in these scenarios or for example, at religious services where, you know, um, Basically, in one of the areas, the New York state government had to shut down a wedding that was expecting 10,000 people. Okay, like that's crazy. What are you doing to to do that? That's just nuts. Um, And, you know, I I think that it was almost uh, I feel like certain people are pushing an envelope just to see what the New York state government will do. And I think maybe that was possibly the scenario there. I'm not sure. Who would do but, that with their wedding day? I don't, yeah, I don't get that. Well, one. this is, unfortunately, it was in one of the Orthodox, the ultra-Orthodox communities. And the per, I think that there was a specific reason why so many people were expected. Um, and again, these are the communities where it has been running rampant. And there is a miss, uh, I don't know, like there's an idea somehow that they have herd immunity, but they don't every time they've tested these communities it's like much lower than something like five percent like there is no immunity there is no herd immunity and you would think if there was these were the communities that were probably the hardest hit because they were taking no precautions especially even in the height of everything um but they've also suffered a lot of deaths and they apparently are continuing to do so so it's a little it's terrifying and i and i really wish that and but it does feel like the messaging and the mask wearing and feels like some of the things are working in terms of trying to get people to behave in a in a safer way that said out on Long Island, there was a, um, I believe, like a big party, and then there was another wedding um, with hundreds of people, and something like 30% of the people who attended this wedding are now COVID positive, um, and they're now having to do contact tracing with all the people that went to this. So again, it's these scenarios that people know they shouldn't be doing, and they're doing them anyway because they just think it won't happen to them, and it, or they don't care, or I guess some people think that it's a hoax, and you know, I I, I think everything should be locked down these scenarios should be locked down um yep. i think that's, that's, i think we're, no we're doomed we're doomed to continue doing it because we we have been and nobody's learned so far so i think we're just going to keep right bouncing off of covid with reopening and closing down and reopening and closing down now, until we have that vaccine right and now now i will also say that the voting situation early voting here in new york was pretty everybody's coming out to vote and that's good but the lines are really long like they did some weird stuff where it was sort of like okay you're in the middle of covid how about we have a few more of these centers opened up if you're going to do early voting so that people don't have to wait for four hours in line um my husband and i went very early friday morning in and it really was like this crazy storm going on we went 20 minutes ahead of the polls opening we had to wait about 45 minutes which 
not too bad if you think in terms of once the polls open, it was about 20 minutes in line, which isn't isn't terrible. Um, but around the city, they're just trying to figure out how to do. And I and I will say they did everything as safely as possible. Um, I think that they they had figured that stuff out, but they just didn't have enough places that volunteered to be these early voting centers. And so that was the issue. Um, one of the things that was heartening to see is that there were so many volunteers that they almost didn't know what to do with all of them. So I almost feel like they could have manned another or womaned another uh, polling place. But, you know, I think that there are ways that you can do these things safely. You just have to put some thought into it. And um, it is one hard- of those thoughts is the Lake California. You- you can make everybody a mail-in ballot and right. uh, just do right. it that way. Because I voted three weeks ago and I just I got my yeah. ballot in the mail, filled it out the day after and walked it down to a secure drop box outside City Hall and done. Boom. And, yeah. I, I, and I got a text message saying we've received your ballot and it's going to be counted. Great. So, I mean, but that's the thing is that not every state has that stuff set up. And Colorado is one of the few that has been doing mailing voting for a very long time. And they have all this they have all these like systems in place. So they are pretty much seamless. But I, I feel like it's weird that we're every I feel like it's weird that the United States as a whole is definitely behind the times on all this. And the other part is that I do think that election day, it should be a holiday and it should, we should allow, or if you're not going to do that, allow this early voting period, even a month ahead of time, if that's what it takes, because, you know, access to voting, I feel like if it's your plan to, to repress voters, then that's not a great plan. Um, but you know, so, so we will see what happens. I have not been sleeping probably for the last few weeks and I'm not anticipating sleeping on election night. So we'll see what happens. I'm, there's a lot of anxiety and stress around this on top of all the COVID stuff. So that's fine. The classic, uh, we got two articles to talk about. And one of those is, uh, (laughs) what zombie movie character is your, uh, astrological, astrological sign. (laughs) And I'm not into, uh, astrology I don't, and um, but I am a, an Aquarius and and I'm pretty happy with who I landed with in this listicle um, which is uh, Lupita Nyong'o's character from Little Monsters I'll take it I think I'm, that that cool you might that. have just won I mean that's definitely <laughs> I mean that's pretty just just stop there right yeah right what are what's your sign H-A? I am a Libra and who did um, you get I got Rose Rabbit. Oh, from which was a movie that I haven't seen. I saw that one. I was like, okay. Uh. Yeah. So I don't know what that means. Um, and but you know, she looks kind of cool, other than wearing fur in this photo. Um, so we'll it looks see. like an older movie. There's a sign for Carrie, and it's probably from the '80s. Yeah. So maybe I'll have to check this out. But I'm really jealous of Scorpio, who got Sean from Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. Um, oh, speaking of which, I did meant to tell you, Truth Seekers is out on Amazon Prime. Uh, I, I saw a uh, promo, not a video, but I saw that it was out there. Um, we, watched the, we watched the first episode. I have to give it a little bit more time. Uh, admittedly, it felt a little, and I'm wondering if it has to do with just exactly what we're talking about with the the issues with producing something and, and doing something in this time. Mm. Felt a little spotty in terms of writing. Um, so we're, uh, so, I mean, there were some really good moments and I don't know, did you ever, we watched, uh, I feel like I can't remember if we, we talked about this. Do you remember the, um, the series, the UK series, uh, Crazy Head? Did you ever watch it? Yes, I think I've seen a few episodes of it, yeah. It has a little bit of that. It actually has one of the main actors from that. Um, she's in there. Um, but, um, 
it feels a little like that sense of humor and but again a little spotty and it's got like i mean it's got malcolm mcdowell in it and there it's sort of like some of the comedy at least from my point of view wasn't landing in the first episode but i'm gonna give it a shot you know i love everybody and um definitely a lot less of simon Pegg than i was hoping so maybe he'll start to be more of a presence in the future episodes but i'm i'm sort of reserving this um this will be my project uh, <laughs> for the next week or so uh well, so anyway yeah, bring us back a report after you've seen a couple more um and on to our other news items other than uh weird you know zodiac signs (laughs) um we've got this this like there was like this short story with this guy um where he basically uh it's like well what if there were zombie dinosaurs um and it's pretty funny I, I don't know. It was just, I found it somewhat humorous. Honestly, once you start thinking about this, and the, it's called Hell Creek. It's a short story, mm-hmm. right? And there's a yeah. real place called Hell Creek Park in the Midwest, and I don't know what state it's in. Uh, but when there's just like swaths of zombie, uh, of sorry, of dinosaur corpses. And it starts to make you think like, so there was a massacre. And I think that's like maybe a generally held opinion or scientific understanding that there was a dinosaur mass die-off event, obviously. Mm-hmm. But just to have like an area of the continent that is just full of dead dinosaurs and you put that in the lens of a zombie outbreak and you're like, oh, God, yeah, that does get kind of scary right away, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, this guy is a super nerd. He was all definitely a D&D fan. Um, basically, um, he had this... Um, he has this whole thing at the end where I don't know if you remember the the D and D cartoon because I do. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know it, he was apparently like banned from watching this and secretly watched this as like a a sign of rebellion and whatever. So um, he is a sort of a, he, a, he is a dragon Dungeons and Dragons expert, uh, which I think is also fun. Uh, so I I mean I just in general I don't know anything about this story, but oh. I like the idea of it and I like. I like what I'm reading about him, so I might definitely take a take a look at this. And it's a short story, so it shouldn't be that time. So maybe we should uh, review this at some point. Um, but I like the idea, and I like the way he pitches certain things. So I think this is kind of fun. All right, so next. So the world up. beyond. Yeah. Tiger and the Lamb. Tiger spelt with a Y because there's a massive William Blake element to this, mm-hmm. which was very surprising to me. Yeah, it kind of came out of nowhere. I was like, oh, so they're going there. Okay. All right. I'll take it. Uh, I enjoyed some uh, William Blake in my time. but Me too. Hmm. Uh, so that was the, okay. But yeah, so this episode is kind of a continuation and it felt to me a little stale in that it is a continuation of the Blaze of Gory because mm. they are in the smoke for a, a, quite a significant portion of this episode uh, again, you know? Yeah, it's this episode and then... So, so again, there's there are things I like. I feel like some of the... Um, some of the way that they are telling the story to me feels slow and also unbelievable. So you've got sort of these scenarios that they're setting up with this group and where we left it the last time, for those of you who don't remember, they're in this giant blaze, the great blaze or whatever the heck they're calling it. Blaze of Gory. The blaze of Gory, um, which is, you know, this huge area with all these tires and and things that has just been going on for a really long time. Um, We've got our, you know, our group of teenagers and... It's, uh, you know, it's, 
the whole the whole idea that your sort of rebellious teenager has come up um, with this plot to go and take take the the walkers or whatever they're calling them, the empties away um it, it, by by doing this idea that there's like this siren like it feels very far-fetched did you feel that too it just feels like it is audacious uh it is uh, a little unexpected that e, e ethan what the hell is this guy's name elton was able to spot this manual hand-cranked siren on top of the yeah. f- the factory seal- roof when it's not like a thing that people are used to seeing. Um, but, you know, like, would it work? Yes, but I feel like you'd need to have a pretty intimate knowledge of this factory to know that that was there and to be able to pull it off. And then Hope goes off and does it solo, and you have this back and forth with the walkies. And, and also, what this episode does well-ish, it, well, it starts to, at least, it does give you some backstory on Silas. Uh, really, it doesn't give you a lot. It's some flashbacks that never get finished, which is yeah, one which of my pet I hate it. Like, how many times do we watch this shot of him looking at his hands in the back of the ambulance? I know, and, and then this him looking... This the next episode. And also, then back to him in, in the the current time and him looking shell shocked it's kind of annoying it's like and come he on. looks exactly the same in in both of the yeah. like both in the back flashback and this one like his hair is the same exact length yep. nothing has changed at all about him and so it is a little bit like could we put a little bit more effort into this yeah please? and then the other part i mean they're clearly trying to build up this thing between silas um and iris and the other part is that, you know, Hope had been sort of laying breadcrumbs for Felix and, and Huck, and yet doesn't, like, there just doesn't seem to be, a like, a reason for, she hasn't really thought it through, like, what's she going to do once they catch up with them, right? Um, she tries so to explain it in the second episode we, we talk about today, and she doesn't really have an answer. No. And then the other part is, like, they suddenly discover, like, the big thing is that Iris is the one that led them into here. This all just feels a little forced. And it to me, it's just not. And I have to say, the walkie-talkie thing, I'm like, oh, good Lord, are we going back to this walkie-talkie thing wow. where this is, like, half of your way that you're showing this, like, weird community? I, it just drives me crazy. The, the uh, um, walkies were old uh, a long time ago on Walking Dead. And um, luckily, by the second episode, they're broken and maybe broken forever. Maybe. We'll see. God, we I hope, hope so. Um, one thing I do like about this is that I do like the set piece in the in the you know the crazy like smoke blaze like the blaze is just nuts. the The visibility is hard. You see a lot of cool zombies with just the makeup, and they've been there a while. And clearly, they were some there were some workers. There's some people that are like there's walkers that are stuck together in creepy ways. You kind of have um, just even the way they're wandering around the smoke. Uh, just is is that is a kind of cool idea i do feel in both of these episodes there's a lot of like whereas we've seen in other other walking dead stuff these herds tend to be you know really hard to deal with once they're up to a certain number and even though there's like a big herd and you know other walkers that appear here and there in the, both of these episodes, it's always like only one or two that poses threats. They never yeah. really get overwhelmed, which is strange. Right. And especially given how things are going for this group and this group is that is wildly inexperienced, it just feels strange to me that you were like, okay, so these these two that are easily dispatched are coming up. And I do like the idea that this, especially the the teenagers are not used to doing this that much. 
So they're, they're, it's hard for them. And so one or two is posing a big deal for them. But then you've got Felix and Huck, and it just, the whole thing feels weird, especially if they, and they are in the mix. And sorry, spoilers, they pop up really pretty pretty early into this episode. Um, so kind they've of, caught they, up. They try to make it a jump scare, right? Where yeah, somebody grabs yeah. Silas's hand and it's just Felix. Because apparently Felix is like, I don't care if somebody cuts off my hand because I'm going to do this grabbing thing in, <laughs> in the dark yeah. factory. Uh, yeah. Um, he's lucky. He got lucky. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, but to have them there in the group, well, now they have two people that are very used to dispatching these empties, very used to being out there in the survival. Both of them have shown ably that they are able to do this, yet they don't really seem to jump in all that much, which seems also implausible to me. So, well, on the way out of the factory, there are a few nice but very fast cuts and, um, of them fighting and they look like ninjas. They like, they're jumping and, and slicing up zombies at the same time, but they are unable to like, they don't see that hope is about to get eaten somehow. Right. And it's Iris un, very unlikely who goes back to save her sister. And I'm right. like, no, probably more. It would probably more like Huck or Felix would be one of those people who would, see what was happening and, and go back for her. Yeah, so so some of that just seems like slop, very sloppy to me in terms of the storytelling and just very annoying, quite honestly, because it sort of treats the audience as if they're stupid because this is just not what those two people would do. And again, with the character building, part of why you're building, you kind of want to build a character where you understand where they are in the world and everything that they've shown us of these two characters has definitely led me to believe that they absolutely would go back. It wouldn't be Iris saving hope. Um, It would be these two going back. Um, And even if, for example, Iris did see that Hope was in trouble and was the initial wave. Those two would have been in a, in on that so quickly. They were not occupied in other ways that they wouldn't have noticed this. So th- these kinds of um, like sort of patchy ways of telling stories bothers me. And yeah. I know that they're trying to, you know, you can clearly see what they're trying to do. They're trying to show that Hope and, and Iris are like, you know, our team and that Iris can definitely take care of Hope, even though Hope seems sort of like more of the badass most of the time. Um, but it's just unlikely. And and come on, just like be consistent in how you are developing these characters and showing them. So that, that stuff definitely bothers me. Also, Hope's sort of weird twisted ankle seems to kind of come and go as she's walking <laughs> through this crowd of 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 empties which yeah. i find to be ridiculous um this episode also uh you, they use this episode to to have hope reveal to iris that she had murdered a woman 10 years before yep uh yeah and, and it's extremely unlikely that this information has been successfully hidden for 10 years i feel like um, right and don't forget they're already teasing yeah and they're already teasing this this whole marble thing with elton's mom and he talks about his mom's manuscript he like risks his life to go back and save his yes. luggage which has he, the but manuscript. he doesn't pull out the picture when he's sh- talking about the manuscript however ha you gave me a hard time last time we talked because i had no recollection of this reveal as you put it of uh, elton's mom being the pregnant lady a Exhibit A, I was more um, thinking about the Triceratops horn in this scene than I was about like him talking about his pregnant mother. I was just like, what is going on? Why is there a Triceratops horn? Why do they think putting out on a spear is a good idea? Anyway, then the other thing is he pulls out the picture to show Silas, and it's like a, a professional headshot of this woman 
not at all what she looked like in the scenes when when she was holding a gun and, and um being in a zombie apocalypse so those are my that's my defense is that it didn't really it mean it, it was her but it didn't super look like her and i was more distracted by the fact that they were talking about triceratops horns hmm. okay fair i will give you that but to me it was a pretty obvious thing Anyway. Of course, everything is obvious to you, H.A. No, I no, but something like, one. no, but something like that, where they're definitely trying to tease this as like a big secret that will be revealed. Come on. It's it's just ridiculous. Anyway, um, I agree with you. I think that this information definitely would have um, would have been talked about, especially if she was so young. There's no way, um, especially, I will say, as we see more about their dad in the next episode. Um, clearly this, this guy is astute, um, just a very like direct and smart scientific mind. Uh, it, but he's also emotionally smart. So you, there's no way that yeah. they're not going to figure this stuff out. But again, this is how they're playing it. So we got to deal with it. But, but he also does the thing and uh, not to jump ahead, but he also does uh, the thing right before he leaves. I'll talk to like, you later. There's about something this. I need to tell you. It's good, but it's really important. But I'll tell you later. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, what are you, what? No, not okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, the rest of this episode is them, uh, like Felix and Huck, trying to convince the kids to go to Omaha and then they'll catch a bus or something to the college campus. Uh, and they're like, nah, we don't want to. And we're by a lake and everything's fine. Uh, also, this is where we have the scene. Is this the se- the episode with the scene with Klubeck and the the soldier who's having second thoughts, or is that the next one? I think it's the next one. Um, but it, either way, we can talk about it. But basically, there is a confirmation that they did take out the nine thousand yeah. people. Yep, um, nine thousand people. Yeah, and I can tell you right now, Eric Kane has a big problem with this at Forbes. Yes, he does. Um, of course. And yeah, so there's the whole thing and you know, you got the usual you got the usual storyline where she where uh Kubek or whatever her name is. Um or Kubler Kubleck. Klubeck, uh, I think. Klubeck. No, Kubleck. Um, um where she's basically like it's for the great new good, it's to protect our civilization. We have all these things. She turns on all of the stuff in her apartment to show how advanced they are and basically sends the uh the soldier who has voiced concerns to whatever kind of facility to like retrain him um because he voiced dissension and yet she had let iris and hope and felix and them go so i don't know like it's confusing it's a little confusing, so we'll feel, I'm sure we'll see more about that later, but that does confirm a little bit of what we were assuming in the last one, which is that they um, had basically put down that particular outpost. Um, and so, in any case, our our group is, is continuing on, and Felix and Huck are sort of being brought along against their will because these unruly teenagers are like, no, we're going to go in this direction. And I'm kind of like, really? You guys have just so little power you can't i mean i guess i couldn't totally stop them but i think that the group would be much less likely to go on if they had not you know joined them so there's this whole weird thing and 
Felix and Huck then come up with the super intense plan that they're going to try to convince Hope and Elton to switch sides and to treat like to basically go back to Omaha or something like that. Um, and there, and it's sort of ridiculous because both Elton and Hope see through this plan and call them out on it, but yet they can kind of continue on. Um, we got a lot of stuff going on. I did think that you know going into this old high school was kind of weird. Um, yeah, they're they're they, they see it and they're like, let's get in there because it's gonna start raining. I'm like, that's okay. I, yeah, exposure is a real thing. You don't necessarily want to walk around in the rain. Yep. But when they're like, this place has been hidden away and nobody's ever been inside and maybe there'll be food and supplies. I'm like, why would what makes you think that a high school? was right. not a, a location that everybody who went to that high school might think that's a good place to go. Yeah, and even sort of the way the high school was set up and things were, it felt like certain things were left, like, oh, they were just left there and, and they all ran out while in the middle of decorating for the Sadie Hawkins dance and certain things were left kind of perfectly in place as if people had just sort of run out. But yet, there's this whole like shelter in the bottom of the school where clearly people were surviving for a while. Um, or maybe they weren't, I don't know, but, but it does seem very unlikely that there wouldn't, this place wouldn't be stripped of all sorts of provisions because if this little group of people, like it just doesn't feel plausible. High schools generally are are based around population centers, not like out in the middle of nowhere. So it does. Yeah. But I'm just like, there isn't such a thing as a hidden secret high school unless it's a very elite private school or something but this didn't feel that way but again people would know about it and probably go there to hide and And even if they didn't it's enough close enough that there would be other people eventually that would get there and probably clear it all out and even even before they went inside that was my that was my vibe and then when you get inside i think there's some interesting directorial and cinematographical approaches here with the the weird like uh, filters that they put on some scenes where Iris is reading the yearbook and having visions, and then later she's dancing with Silas, and they, they kind of like go into a world. And I thought that these were actually quite moving mm-hmm. because they it's like these kids trying to figure out what their lives should be like in a way. Right. And I mean, you know, Silas does point out to Iris because she's like, oh, did they ever know? Did they know how lucky they were? And he was like, yeah, but you kind of had all of that. And now we're out here. So um, and she immediately says, yeah, I wish I, I wish I knew how good I had it. in a way, Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so there's a little bit of that. Um, and look, there's also another element that they throw in here, which you, they have like a wolf kind of running around there, which that felt weird, too, because they really just didn't do all that much with it. And Somehow the wolf doesn't see them as a food source. It's just protecting her young, which is kind of ridiculous. Um, um, almost. There's another one in the vents or something that might have been coming after Silas. Yeah, Iris, maybe. Maybe. They certainly still- don't. They don't capitalize on, on the wolves, but that's fine. I also kind of, I didn't want them to have to kill off the wolves. I wanted no, the wolves me neither. to eating zombies and be me too. badasses. Me too. And, I, and I'm cool with that. Um, but I, I was convinced that they were going to pull a little bit of a Game of Thrones where the wolf mother dies or something and they end up with a wolf cub or something. <laughs> uh, it's still not too late for that to happen. Maybe um, we'll see. Um, but uh, you know, we also get a little bit more of Silas here again. They're just teasing this out too much um, where, you know, yeah. now they reveal that maybe he killed his dad and he goes crazy on a zombie, which by the way, if he cut up his hands and got zombie stuff in of it, course. come on. Of course, this is what I'm thinking. It's like, oh, he throws his wrench away and starts pounding the zombie's face. I'm like, if you if you punch a tooth of a zombie and cut your hand, is that no, any different from a bite? 
Right. Yeah, and also remember, he still got a cut on his hand from when he did his like huge adrenaline power thing, where he held up thousands of tires while they got away, um, and didn't get squished under it too. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway. So anyway, there's some things there that are troubling. I do like I do like the bonding between him and Iris, and they show that even in flashbacks before, which I thought was okay. I did actually like some, even though, you know, they do the the thing with the dad where he isn't going to tell Hope what it is that she's so frustrated by. And I'll tell you later, that was ridiculous. But I do like those interactions between them to show it's that nice there was to finally a, see him. <laughs> and there's a close relationship. And it also explains yeah. that Iris and Hope were adopted because I had a lot of questions about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, and, and so there's that kind of thing going on. And I like how they build up that. Um, that they so, shared a crib at the agency. I thought that was a nice detail. Yeah. Yeah. So and that, I that's... also like the detail that Silas's fear is of his of himself which i think is kind of an interesting uh avenue to go down but i do wish they would stop teasing out the the flashback and just let us know what his backstory is so that right like because then i feel like you can move forward but until you do until you like show us actually what his trauma is we're stuck in this like rewind loop and all of these kids are traumatized actually every single person on the show is traumatized and maybe that's one of the things that they were like we're gonna tell stories of ptsd in this show because everybody is 10 years into an apocalypse and nobody's okay and that's fine but i don't want to go through this like piecemeal and like crumb by crumb and it's just right it makes it boring and honestly it sort of to me it holds up the story and again it treats the audience like they're dumb like because i think it's pretty clear what they're doing here and it's not successful so the only reason why you sort of play out a story like this in this manner is to show these sort of uh bonds that eventually these people will will be close because they're sharing this it's like shared trauma and and basically like kind of a support group but the way One they're doing it group therapy session with, and, with and beating look, zombies along the and way and look we're feeling this way and this is only four episodes in the fact that it feels like it's been going on a really long time is not a good sign and so, and then, I mean, even Elton at one point, he does have a pretty good line that they, they them going through all of this is going to bond them together forever. Oh, yeah. um, and again, teasing up, I'm sure, the big reveal that Hope killed his mom. But it, it's, you know, to show like what it may happen there. But it, to me, like that makes sense. But just show it. Don't talk about it. And don't really like just try to direct it in this way. And again, we saw with, with Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead, there's no reason to do this. Every time, to me, this is sort of like, why are you teasing it out so much? Is it that you didn't have a great idea for the whole season? Um, it better, like, to me, it's got to move, it's got to start moving a little bit more quickly soon. Um, but we'll, I guess we'll, we'll, you know, see what happens for the rest of the season. But so far, to me, it just feels like a really slow burn and not in a good way. Yeah. And I, I did also like the detail of the girl, Sabine, maybe with the purple hair. How yeah, she's that was in the, good. She's in the initial yearbook picture. I don't know if she, if she was in the dancing scene, but then they see her as a zombie, uh, and they've they've put her down at the end of the episode. Yeah, thought, she that was, was nice closure. Well, she was at the beginning when she was like kind of turning around talking to yeah. the other guy, and I mean, I was kind of convinced that she might pop up in another way, but I did actually like that you see her as an empty or a walker. It's kind of it, it is sad, but it's, you know, showing a little bit of what this world was and how bleak it was out there. So I like that part. Um, and again, 
I agree with you about the cinematography inside the school and some of the choices that they made. It did feel very closed, claustrophobic. There's a little bit, I mean, there's a literal monster in the vents, the wolf or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. And also the weird like walkers in the lockers because people maybe hid themselves and then died in there. I thought was like kind of a cool thing. And we learned that Elton had his own little claustrophobic experience. And and maybe that's- his own flashback. Yeah. Right. Um, but I liked that idea. And, and it's also Felix is is like, I'll oh, leave him in there. They're not going to get out. <laughs> and there's so there's weird little moments like that. Um, the other thing, though, I will say in terms of the idea of this group being out there and surviving, they are incredibly careless and loud at every turn. And oh, yeah. they're going into a place that they know nothing about. And so these are all things that they would definitely know if they had survived this long. Even the kids would know this. So this is what I'm, it's troubling me because it's not consistent in what we know about this world and what we know about these characters in terms of their ability to survive. There's just, they really just... Again, it's these like moments where they just do stupid stuff that is unforced errors, and and I don't believe that they would make them. So let's hope that they stop that a little bit later on as they hopefully get a little bit more savvy walking around here. So, um, so yeah. So I look. I liked moments of this. I do like some ideas, and I like how you're seeing what the world is like now. Um, I just wish that they would be a little bit more consistent in how they're showing it, especially versus some of the other shows. I think part of why the school bothered me so much and the fact that it hadn't been cleared out is because even in Fear the Walking Dead and um, Walking Dead, at at the point they are in the story, and this is supposed to be, what, like 10 years later, right? Um, At the point they are in the story, it's still rare to find a place with supplies, right? It's still weird to find a place with as many I mean you might find one-offs and people go out foraging and things like that but to find an entire shelter full of stuff well that, that was a whole season almost uh, devoted to that idea well, right. of fear right well with fear and so that's my point is like you, you, you've you built up this whole story with fear and granted I guess you could make the excuse that this is in a different part maybe a less populous part of the United States so maybe it took a miss but I just can't believe that after 10 years this would have gone untouched basically so so i don't know i so those kinds of things made it hard for me to get into the story and really took me out of it because i was like oh really come on um but again i like the staging i do like the kids i just wish that the writing was slightly better so well yep Uh, when everything else is taken away from this plot their goal of finding a specific place in New York state also just like bounces around in my head. And I'm like, what an absurd mission. They don't know where they're going. And they even mentioned that they're like, so what we do know from the coded map is that the research facility is in New York, but we don't know where. Right. So Felix hears that and he's like, so we're going to Omaha, right? Because that's stupid. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah. And, and again, they're the adults in the room or in the outdoors, I guess, if you want to. And, and it just feels weird that they would not lay out some of that stuff. Um, for the kids in, in a way that would make sense. And so I don't know. I like, so again, 
by the way, New York State is a pretty big state. So it's for this massive. little to, so for this little troop to be kind of just trying to figure out where it is, is is kind of silly. I mean, I'm guessing that as they get closer, they're going to follow helicopters or do something like that in order to. But still, I mean, they have an enormous amount of ground to cover, which I guess will get you through an entire season of this, maybe. Um, but it just all seems kind of crazy um the other thing that seemed a little bit implausible to me uh, i do like that how smart the dad is um hope and iris's dad but that he's also come up with a way to communicate that this other very advanced group of people wouldn't have figured out seems also somewhat implausible um and maybe they did figure it out which is why he's in trouble but mm-hmm. um again i don't know that that would have been a thing um but did you were you bothered by that too not a hundred percent. I feel like it's a little crazy that he could have figured out a way to communicate before he even got there. Like yeah, he doesn't even right? know what their what their setup is, and he's like, "No, I can do this with a pager and a dot matrix printer." Back yeah, in, no uh, kidding. Oh, <laughs> back in Nebraska, uh, so they've got so much ground to cover. I'm interested to see if we're ever going to see like "Welcome to State" insert state here signs along the yeah. way because they've got to go through. I haven't even looked at the map, but I'm pretty sure many states before they can get where they're going. Oh, yeah. So many states. Um, again, but I, like that's the thing. I think at this point, my favorite character is still Felix, and I do like him. I like the actor. I think he does a good job um, of pushing things home. I like Huck, too. Um, but he, I feel like his performance, you believe, but again, you don't believe that he would be powerless against these kids. It's like to convince them to do what they need to do. Um, so I definitely like his storyline the most at this point, And I'm more interested in finding out about him. I want to find out more about Huck, but we just know so little about her at this point that it's not yet there. Um, but I'm sure we'll reveal more as this goes on. So, yeah, we'll get there. But I think that's uh, that's everything we have to say about these two episodes. William Blake is still a mystery to me, but I'm <laughs> and I'm a little bummed out that Iris didn't pronounce symmetry instead of symmetry because yeah. for the rhyming scheme. But you know, yes. well, let her let her go with that one. And um, well, next time we've got a we've, we'll do a couple more episodes of this, or at least one. And uh, I think we've got one episode. I think it's is it airing? It's airing tonight. I think so. um so then we'll yeah well and we'll we'll keep doing this i i like reviewing it and i like seeing it i always hope that they're gonna throw in some easter eggs uh from some of our other other series so we'll see what happens Um, the thing is we're nowhere near any of the other story like we're way north right we're nowhere near texas or california we're nowhere near virginia or georgia so there's not a lot of overlap here there isn't except with the collective or whatever this group is um so we'll we'll maybe see a little bit more with that um hopefully and uh if you have any thoughts about this please send us an email at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com tweet at us reanimatedpcast or you can leave a note on our site reanimatedpodcast.com i think we all need a distraction in this upcoming week so definitely let us know what you think and we will talk about uh, more more to come next time. And until then, stay safe, everybody, and thanks for listening. All right, bye. Ciao.